From ayahuasca, energy healing, and kundalini yoga, to starting a business helping former New Agers find Christ, this is Kelsey Reppert's story on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, so before we get to uh, your first experience with the supernatural or, or the paranormal, which from what I understand was was an encounter with an energy healer, can you kind of give us a backdrop on what your spiritual upbringing was kind of in childhood? Yes, I was raised Presbyterian. So I went to church every Sunday. I went to church camp. Um, I did vacation Bible school. So I was raised in the word and surrounded by Christians growing up. Um, the, the issue came, came up when I was a teenager and I couldn't really like access Jesus. I couldn't access the Holy Spirit. I couldn't find it. I just, it it all seemed mechanical at church, like stand up, sit down, say this memorized prayer. And um, like the Presbyterian church I went to was very stoic, right? So there wasn't, there was no one like feeling the spirit. (laughs) Right. It was very, uh, like I said, stoic. So I kind of fell out of church. I refused to go as a teenager. And then that led me down a very long and arduous spiritual path. I've always like wanted to know about spirituality and it always fascinated me. And I wanted to know God and the nature of God and what is truth. And so I, you know, came out of my teens as an atheist, but then when I, met the spiritual guru or healer, that's when my opinion changed and I realized there's way more to the spiritual world than I ever realized. And um, so that's kind of how I got into that. So I went from being Presbyterian to an atheist to then open-minded to spirituality because I was having mystical experiences and that led me all the way into the, you know, consciousness movement and learning about how to raise your consciousness and um, Buddhism. And then I fell into some Hinduism and I, I even converted to Islam at one point Uh, because my husband was Muslim and I, you cannot marry a Muslim unless you convert. And because my, I didn't have a solid, strong faith in anything really. I was just, you know, believing a lot of other stuff other than the true word of God. So I converted and I tried to be a Muslim and study and I read the Quran and, um, listen to what my husband had to say about it. I tried really hard to access Allah, God, and um, I still wasn't feeling it. And so after that, I fell even more into new age practices and um, 
fell into shamanism and Native American spirituality and thought that was the way and that was the path. And that also was not the right path. And I had to find out the hard way. And all of these experiences then brought me to Jesus, back to Jesus, my home. <laughs> that's that's incredible. Um, and I feel like your uh, experiences are pretty pretty normal with a lot of people that are are like you and me that had uh, you know kind of delved into the new age at one point. It kind of seems like we take this very uh, roundabout way of of realizing of of almost kind of coming back to square one. But it's like we had to 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 go through it uh, in order to to really uh, understand what the truth is and kind of turn over every every rock, so to speak. So. Um, I, I really relate to to that aspect of your story, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners will as well. Um, I, and I know in your your testimony, uh, you discuss how uh, your you had found this uh, energy healer uh, through your your mom. So can you kind of take us through how how did how did that happen? And had your mom relayed any kind of successes, you know, quote successes that she had had with with energy healing? Um, my mom didn't really have any big story to share, but she did have friends who were in like new age movement and energy work. And so they were getting my mom who is a Christian. They were kind of pulling her out of that and interested into metaphysical stuff and, um, you know, like if, my mom had a pendulum at one point and um, I don't want to throw my mom under the bus here, but yeah. so she just kind of got a little sidetracked and sure, which is understandable because I was completely sidetracked and derailed by this, by metaphysical spirituality. So yeah. Um, and it didn't really do a whole lot with her, but you know, her interest in it, you know, kind of opened the door for me and I'm not blaming her by any means, just to make that clear. <laughs> so, um, at this point then th th by way of this, uh, you know, by way of your mom telling you about this, this person, can you kind of take us through what happened in this encounter with the, with the energy healer? So in university, this would have been around like 2003, I was, no, it was probably earlier than that, 2002 maybe. Um, I was depressed. I was a little overweight. Um, I wasn't really fitting in at the school I was going to, and I was feeling a little lost. And so my mom took me to this guy who she said could blow light on you and heal you. And I thought, well, that sounds crazy because at this point I like had no spiritual belief at all. So I thought, well, that sounds crazy, but my mom's trying to help me. So I agreed to go. And um, on the way to this session, it was a two hour drive and a friend of mine actually bailed on signing a lease agreement, which she had promised she was going to sign, and I had already signed. Wow. So I was, like, in panic mode, um, like, just like, oh, my gosh, how on earth am I going to make rent 
you know, because I was counting on her to pay half of it. And so um, I was just under a lot of stress and panic internally. And um, then I show up to this session and he tells me to lay down on the bed and he blew on my face, did a few things with his fingers and I sat up, well, and when he blew on me, like I saw these lights and they were very, very bright and very um, piercing. Like it, it felt like it was going into my cells. And uh, so I sat up, it was only like two minutes. I sit, I sit up and the session's done. We said a few sentences and I get up and I leave. But what I noticed when I sat up and when I left was this panic anxiety that I had and that depression that I had, it was like gone. Wow. It, the contrast prior, because I walked into this session wanting to cry because I was upset about my friend. Mm -hmm. um, and then leaving, I was like so free and so light. And so for me, the contrast was like, wow, this is real. This is legit. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so that, of course, made me want to see this guy again. So the next time he came to Columbus, Ohio, he was giving a talk at a metaphysical spiritual center. And so I went to that talk and it was there where he singled me out. And uh, he had his people uh, tell me that he offered me a scholarship and I could go uh, to Las Vegas to his center and uh, work with him. So that's how that started. And I, I just want to highlight too, like it'd be one thing I think to see these lights and have this incredible encounter with like the, the, the metaphysical for the first time in your life. I think that in and, in and of itself would be spectacular, but to, to combine that experience with, with uh, the relief of your depression, I, I think that's, that's a just incredible uh I mean, what an incredible experience right there to, to have both of those things happen. And so I, I think for somebody who had never, you know, you had been struggling with depression and you had never, like you had stated, you had never really had, you didn't have spiritual beliefs at this time. I'm sure that this was a very, very powerful experience for you. Well, yeah. And it, this experience and others with this guru who is a mystic, mm -hmm. Um, it's very seductive and deceiving because, you know, like after this experience, I lost 20 pounds without trying. I was wow. legit happy again. Like it was, I was on fire. I was so excited for life. And like, I realized like, I'm not happy at school. So I dropped out of university and freaked out my family and, uh, I went, ended up going back and finishing, but I dropped out for a semester and um, I went to Vegas and I studied with this guy and because he would have people come to his center and do retreats. And so I was just there kind of like basking in all of it, but it was, it was, it was, uh, it was very exciting. It was very new. Like the more I worked with this guy, I could start to see energy like radiating off of people. And so it was just like, I was fascinated 
by this mysticism and it was almost like a drug you know like i just wanted to learn more and more and more and more and more and more and more mm-hmm. and uh which is why you know when you hear more of my story why like i did certain things because i was just like completely i completely trusted this guy i thought he was legit a healer i thought he was a good person and then since i've been saved i have completely changed my opinion on that but yeah and we'll and we'll definitely get to that uh, uh here in a little bit um as, as far as more uh like those experiences were going like the the metaphysical experiences those supernatural experiences were were you doing anything yourself then to to provoke these experiences or do do you think a lot of it just had to do with being near this you know the spiritual guru i initially it was all um connected to him. Mm -hmm. He had this elaborate story that we were in lifetimes together. And he, he just, I mean, I think you saw in the, in my testimonial video where like once he was telling me about a past life of ours. And as he's telling me this story, his eyes started glowing like neon purple. That's crazy. And so like in my naive nature at the time, I thought, oh, that's confirmation that this is true, right? And that's one out of two crazy reincarnation stories that he told me where I had received confirmation. Another time uh, he told me that I was a his daughter in a past life in the late 1800s, we were living up in Massachusetts and he told me our names and there are a lot more details to the story, but I got curious one day. And so he had told me that he, him, the father had written a book, a medical textbook. And so (laughs) being curious, I got on, um, uh, websites, antique bookstore websites to find this book. And I actually found it. Wow. And I had entered in my credit card information and went to click purchase. And the whole, my whole house, it was nighttime. The energy, the power just went out and went boom. My computer turned off. It was pitch black. (laughs) And then, you know, the power came back on and, Mind you, no one else's power went out. There wasn't a storm or anything. This was completely supernatural. Power went off. And when I tried to find the website again in the book, I couldn't find it. And again, I thought, oh, this this must be real. God doesn't want me to dig into the past. Um, Because this guru, he would always say, like, the past doesn't really matter. Like, don't worry about your past lives. That's what he would tell his students. He'd say, don't worry about your past lives. Just focus on this life. Um, And so I thought, oh, this just means I shouldn't dabble in, you know, a former life. But now I know that reincarnation isn't real. And I, I truly believe that these supernatural experiences regarding 
these stories that he told me were just either sorcery or just, um, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's as far as kind of where it started to go then with this guru. Um, I know at one point you mentioned in your testimony that you had a darkness come out of you. Can you, can you kind of, uh, lead us up to what, what happened in this particular instance when it, when a dark darkness came out of you and did, again, was this something that you felt like you had initiated or did it just happen? This was spontaneous and I was in my bedroom up in Ohio and this was kind of another reason confirmation why I trusted this guru because I mean, I thought he was healing me and maybe he was, but I, I mean, this is the deception. So I'm like, I'm laying in bed and this, like, I start to like sit up and I like make a loud groan. I'm like, ah, and this like darkness came out of my chest and it like swirled around the room and then flew out the window. Wow. And yeah. And it freaked me out. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> And I went and I grabbed my phone and I tried to call him the guru. I'm not going to use his name because I just don't want to get that, you know, I don't, I don't want to evoke his name. Sure. But um, I called my guru and then I looked down and I saw that like the cord wasn't attached to the wall. You know, this is, you know, back in, I don't know, 2003 or four. Mm -hmm. So the cord wasn't attached to the wall. And I realized I was like in a lucid dream. And I shook my head. I woke up and I was still sitting up. I reached down, grabbed my real phone, which was a cell phone, and called him. And I told him what happened. And he, you know, he's like, you're fine, you're fine, whatever. So Again, this was another experience that was like confirmation that this guy could be trusted, that he is a good person. And it's just like one little thing, one little blip in my story. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, I know in your testimony video also, you, you talk about how you started to then see energy. You started to see ghosts and know when ghosts were present. Can you kind of take take us through some of that there? Like, how, how, how did you see a ghost? Was it kind of like how you see it in the movies? What was that like? Well, I, I started to develop a sensitivity to knowing when spirits were present. Okay. Now, I have since, you know, since I've been saved, I have a different perspective on it all. Um. But at the time, I thought that I was just like developing more gifts, you know, like the more that you awaken your consciousness, the more gifts, like psychic gifts that you can receive and um, abilities that you that you will receive. And so I thought this was a gift. And 
He like spirits will touch me. Sometimes they'll like pet me. Um, like I can, I they they just touch me. Like sometimes I'll be laying in bed and they'll touch me from underneath the bed. Um, I I don't see them as often. If I do see them, they're like as silhouettes. Um, sometimes lights will flicker which is com confirmation or was confirmation for me that they, that what I'm seeing is real. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, I mean, I have a few stories of when I was in Indonesia and my ex-husband was telling me a story about, uh, this particular ghost in Indonesia and how, like, when you repeat this chant, it will manifest. And he was just telling me this story. He wasn't actually trying to manifest it, but through the telling of the story and saying the chant to, during the story, this like Casper-like ghost like flew in the room and swooshed between both of us and behind Whoa. me. <laughs> so I've seen some kind of Casper ghost as well. Um, and that, that was a little terrifying. Um, but... What I now know, or what I think I know, is that all of these like pettings, these aren't like, you know, my grandmother petting me, and this isn't, you know, angels petting me. I mean, it could be, but I'd rather err on the side of caution and just, I think that maybe I had been having demons follow me around. Yeah, great point. And uh, we actually had on the podcast, his name is Mark Kahneman. Um, I'm not sure if it's if it's already aired yet when when this episode will will have aired, but uh, he has a fantastic book taking a look at the the ghost phenomenon through a Christian lens, and it's called uh, Seeing Ghosts Through God's Eyes. And uh, you know, he he would definitely agree with your assessment there. I and I would agree with you that um, it probably you know probably wasn't wasn't ghosts that you were experiencing at the time. But uh, it really fits the mold of what you've been talking about, which is that, you know, how deceptive these these experiences can be. And when we're going through them, especially, you know, when we, when we don't have the, the knowledge of uh, in the truth and understanding of truth, it's just just the fact that you're seeing something so incredible or experiencing something like the supernatural, I think, is, is can be very blinding uh, on one hand. And also, I think it can be very comforting because you're getting confirmation that there is something more to life than just this this physical side of, of of existence so i think it's very very hard to see through all that when you're when you're going through it um because you know again it's just th these are some incredible experiences and i think that they i think that they um they really fill a, a, a spiritual void that i think a lot of us have especially like in the west and so i just you know, again, I, I, I can definitely relate to, to what you're speaking about as, as it relates to these encounters. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's so fascinating. It was so exciting. Um, and when you do realize there's more to reality than what meets the eye, like you just want to know more and exactly. more and more, which is why Gnosticism is so enticing for people because you feel like if you can just read one more thing or learn one more thing or say one more mantra or do one more yoga pose, you're going to like achieve like gnosis. 
like divine knowledge where you will be like God. And yeah, that was like this chase forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's you, it's like, you just never get there. You think that you, you think that you see like the light at the end of the tunnel. You think that you're going to finally get the, the knowledge that you're looking for and everything's going to be wrapped up in a nice bow for you, but it never happens. And you're always on this, this never ending chase. And, and it feels good when you get that quote, that next piece of information, but it's never, it never satisfies you. There's always something else that you need to learn. There's always something else, you know, on, uh, you know, like the, the, the grass is always greener, greener on the other side, so to speak. There's always something better and, and more enticing or some kind of knowledge out there that you haven't, that you haven't been able to grasp yet. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that that ties back, like you were saying to Gnosticism and Gnosticism, of course, now it's, it's really the new age movement. So at this at this point, then did you um, were were you starting to activate some of these experiences on your own through like certain actions, like these supernatural experiences, or were a lot of them just seemingly happen happening to you because you were in association with with this guru? A lot of them happened because of my association initially. Yeah, because um, I was like twenty when I met when I met him. And so I was still very naive and multiple. So I was just learning from this guy who I thought was, you know, amazing mystic who healed me. So through my proximity with him and doing the practices that he recommended, because he, he would teach about, which I now know is sorcery, but he would teach about earth, water, air, space, and fire. And, and he would teach how to activate the elementals with signaling, he even wrote a book about it. But so I was learning all these things and I would, I would be playing with the energy, like at night before bed, I would just play with the energy in the space and watch it being manipulated with my hands. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just playing. Um, and that's kind of like what he taught. It was just to like play with life and play with energy. And <laughs> but really, it's just it's it's witchcraft and it's sorcery. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I did yoga. I did you know spiritual retreats. And as I got older, um, I went. I had a few bad things happened in life where my marriage didn't work out and that kind of like propelled me into another depression which i needed healing from and so i turned to shamanism and and native american spirituality and that really like rips the veil out and um i got real deep into the spiritual world um, so, you know, it started off with my proximity to him and then it, you know, you just keep, you keep searching for the answers, you keep digging deeper. And then I was pretty much swimming in, uh, like outside of this reality and another reality for a good maybe year yeah. in my life recently. So. During this time, um, when these experiences were happening, I guess over the course, like you were saying, of, of several years at this point, 
what what was your uh, communication like then with your family um, as as it relates to these experiences and, and what you were doing? Were they more open minded, or or did they kind of shut shut you down when it came to these experiences? What was going on there? Um, I had a cousin and who tried to like ask questions about my guru, and I I was actually under a spell, and he had me under a spell. He called it sacred silence. And I just trusted that. And uh, so anytime someone would say something about him, I would become really offended, which is like cult-like behavior. Um, and I, I wouldn't like tell them that I was offended, but internally that's how I felt. My parents, they met him and they even went to a retreat with him. So it seemed like everything was fine. Um, so my parents supported it because they saw me as happier at the time. Okay. So at this point, they they weren't really questioning your experiences, but they they, they just kind of let it, they, they were okay with them happening because you were happier and didn't really ask you too many other questions. Right. Wow. Um, and, and also like just, because you had mentioned before that it was kind of like, you know, it seemed like it, it seemed very similar to cult like behavior uh, to what was going on with the guru. Did you notice then that you, it was very hard for you to, to have friends outside of that circle of people in the, with the guru? No, see, he's all about like freedom. And so like, there's no, like you have to stay working with him. Um, but with me, he took a particular interest in me and he had done some magical things. And so for a good, like 17 years, 17 or 18 years, I thought this guy was a good man. I thought he was my mentor. I thought he was, uh, a healer. And then when I was going through, uh, my shamanic phase and my where I was like healing myself with uh, psychedelic plant medicines. Um, I actually went to a shamanic healer and I, I asked her to look into the guru. I don't know. I was just like feeling some doubt about him. And so she did, um, she would uh, drum and go into trance and where she would be able to kind of look at the lands, my spiritual landscape, so to speak, to see what's going on. And she saw that uh, through him, there was this entity following me around and this entity was glowing like the moon. And, uh, and I know this isn't Christian and I get it. This is just part of my story. So. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Um, so this, this entity was glowing like the moon. And, you know, when we think about where the moon gets its light from, well, you know, it, it's taking light from the sun. So it's kind of like a vampiric energy. That's how I imagined it. And, uh, she said that this entity was following me everywhere. And she, her spirit guides removed it. And um, 
I kid you not, after that session, I was free. And I, I was able to mentally see this guy, this guru for who he was, and he was a vampire. Like, I don't know how, and I can't explain it, but through me being connected with him in some kind of spell, um, I mean, not only did he spiritually brainwash me, but he violated me, uh, all in the name of spirituality. And he, he, I don't, I can't prove it, but I think that he was like sucking, you know, my energy or some people call it your prana or your chi or whatever. Um, he was like sucking this energy and probably using it to perform his magic. And he probably wasn't just using my energy. He was probably siphoning off of a lot of people he so-called healed so that he would have these like this like witchcraft power plugs. I don't even know, but this is how I imagine it. And so he would get more and more power to keep making money and doing what he was doing, deceiving people. So. Yeah. Then that reminds me of other, you know, like energy healing practices where you go and see an energy healer and all of a sudden you're, you're cured of like, like I've heard of people being quote cured of a porn addiction of alcohol addiction um, just by, just by seeing an, an, an energy healer or uh, you know, someone that's using some kind of mysticism in order to, to quote, help somebody. So I just think that that's interesting that uh, you know, how all these things kind of come together, but um, you know, another, another facet that we need to keep in mind is that with a lot of these supernatural experiences uh, as they relate to like the new age and, and like the paranormal, it's you're the people that go to these healers, they, they are again, quote healed, but it's almost like applying a bandaid to the, to the person. It doesn't really change uh, the, the thought patterns of the person or, or their, their heart, so to speak, or the way that they, they view the world. So it's very likely, and this seems to happen a lot, almost, I think almost every time when people are, are healed, um, they tend to kind of find themselves back in the same scenario again and the same, you know, addictive behaviors or, or the same, uh, obstacles keep, keep presenting themselves in their lives. Um, so I think it just kind of speaks again to, the deceptive, the deceptive nature of all this and how it really ties into like, there's a, there's a good aspect, which is the healing, but is it, is it really healing you? Um, so it's, it's just very hard to discern that. Right. I agree. And all of my experiences that kind of freed me from, because I had a few actual spells and voodoo put on me. So, um, and I was like healed from it, not uh, in a Christian way. And so mm -hmm. I just, I put it all at the foot of the cross. I feel like I, um, I had prayed my prayer to Jesus for help. And then I was healed shortly thereafter from that shamanic healer. And I just, I feel like it's all God's work. Like, the, the journey, the path that I had to go down, like it all ha happened as it did and I, I'm okay with it happened and I got hurt more times than I got healed. 
that that I can be very assured of. So thinking that you're going to go to these like uh, ceremonies, you know, where a lot of people drink ayahuasca and, mu and mushrooms to have these like healing experiences. Yeah, you might have a healing, but then you might also have sorcery put on you by the shaman or you might have, um, you know, demons attached to you through opening some kind of portal. Uh, there's a lot of bad things that can happen with these healing practices. And um, yeah, for everything that I cannot explain, I just leave it at the foot of the cross. But you're right. I I did not, um, it wasn't repent. I didn't repent about anything. Um, I didn't have a change in heart. I didn't change my lifestyle. I was yeah. just kind of more or less like in shock that for 17 years. So I went through a process of shock, like, holy cow, what did I get myself involved in? I can't believe, like I even moved to Las Vegas to be close to this guy. I like you heard the one story where he took a knife and cut me open, but yeah. it was like supernatural. Like I, like it sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah, but you, but and you, you weren't hurt by that. No, but that's how much trust I had in this guy. Yeah, take a butcher knife and stab me. Like yeah. that's major trust. Yeah, yeah. No and then to realize that he is of the devil and he's a black magic sorcerer, like it just blew my mind. And so I. You know, I'm I'm pretty good now, but I'll tell you what, for months it was a lot of like digesting and processing and and really it's really sickening actually to feel like everything that you went through was a lie. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And can you kind of take us through then like as you were having these experiences with the guru and with the other with this uh shamanic woman? How, how then did you transcend what you were going through and kind of turn towards Christianity? How, how did that process work for you? Well, nothing was working. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, my husband left me with my three-year-old baby. And uh, so that was in 2019. And so then that just kind of like, pushed me into a deep depression and here I was, you know, I was a spiritual life coach. I was doing all the things, you know, I was, I was teaching the prosperity gospel. You know, if you can just think it into existence, it will manifest, you know, um, word of faith, uh, movement, uh, which is all blasphemy or I mean heretical. And um, so I was teaching all this stuff and it wasn't working for me. And so that was another hard thing. So not only am I going through depression because my husband left me, but here I am teaching things that aren't working for myself. So that was kind of uh, something that was really heavy on my soul. And so I turned to ayahuasca. I drank ayahuasca eight times in like the course of 
four or five months. It was a lot. And I don't, have you ever done ayahuasca? Do you know about it? Um, I've never done it. I know very, very little about it. Okay. Well, it is the most powerful psychedelic on the planet. And it has its own spirit. And it, they call it Mother Ayahuasca. And this spirit, like, pounds you, like, you're purging into buckets, you're vomiting, everyone's vomiting around wow. you. But the concept is that you're like purging out the darkness, so to speak. Um, a lot of people have beautiful divine revelation under this medicine. Um, and anyway, I drank a lot of it and it tastes vile and the to go into this psychedelic state like like you're not in control this the spirit of the medicine is in control the spirit will show you what it wants to show you and you're just along for the ride and um it's not easy it's actually quite terrifying but i just wanted to heal i just wanted to feel better and so i drank it again and again and again and i did all these ceremonies and yet i'm still struggling or I was still struggling and that's what took me to Jesus finally after almost two decades of being a Buddhist and a Hindu practitioner and a yogi and reading everything I could about consciousness and manifestation and law of attraction uh, which by the way the book The Secret which is all about the law of attraction, that lady Rhonda Byrne, she also was a student of my guru. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so none of this stuff worked. Nothing that I was teaching, law of attraction didn't work. I mean, it does to a certain degree, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't truly working in my life. And, um, all this plant medicine that supposedly healing didn't work. The the shamanic healer who did the trances, while she did break some spells, like my life wasn't improved. It was just now I, I could see things for as they were. And so I literally had nowhere to turn except to Jesus. Like I had I had exhausted all of the spiritual possibilities. And I was just like, Jesus, help me, please, like, please, please, please. And I prayed so earnestly, and I had no idea that that one prayer was, like, going to completely shake up my life and, like, really shake up my life and change me forever. <laughs> but yeah. he is so powerful. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's absolutely incredible. What what happened with the prayer then? Well, nothing happened for well, I say nothing, but it's hard to understand what's going on when you're in it. Right. But hindsight, you can kind of see how the dominoes fell. So nothing really happened, although I did that shamanic uh healing with the girl who went to the drum trance. And I was freed from that spell short, like very soon after that prayer. And then it was about six weeks later, I had flown down to Florida where I live. And uh, 
that's when I heard God tell me, you can trust the Bible. Wow. And um, there's a couple of things that I think about with that. One is that you had cried out to Jesus before this this uh, this communication with God had happened, that he had told you that you can trust the Bible. And I want to highlight that because so many times uh, when I when I hear people's stories, it's it's really not until they have with their own free will decided that everything that they've been doing is not enough. It's not working like you were saying, and they're ready to go ahead and give you know a relationship with Jesus a try and, and give Christianity a try. And it's by God giving us that being patient with us and and not forcing Himself on us and waiting for us to come to that realization on our own. Uh, it's usually when the, the breakthrough happens. And so I just think it's absolutely incredible that you had cried out to Jesus. And yeah, there was there was a period, there was a, a waiting period kind of there, but um, eventually you you got your answer uh, after after you took an action. Um, so that that that's absolutely uh, I, I, I just love that that happened. And um, I just really it just speaks to God's character and his patience for us and letting us uh have our own free will of do we do we want to choose him and his ways and a relationship with him or do we want to go our own way? Um, and I also wanted to just ask you about the how, how you had that knowing then was it was it an audible voice as some people say that they have when they hear from God or was it just annoying? What was that like for you when you heard that you can trust the Bible? Well, it definitely wasn't my own thought. It was not like a voice that I heard speaking outward in. It was a like a voice in your head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where it could have been my own thought, except I know for a fact it wasn't because I didn't trust the Bible. Yeah. You know, I had <laughs> been. Well, that's what we're brainwashed, right? Like right. The, when you're going through Gnosticism and you're reading all this stuff. And you think you're learning, learning, learning. You you pick up these little things here and there that the Bible isn't trustworthy. It's written by men and is filled with error. King James was a horrible person, so therefore the Bible is a horrible Bible. Um, uh, there's just a lot of fake fake news <laughs> about yeah. the Bible out there, and. Um, and so, like, it's a little deceptive, you know. It might have a little bit of truth. Like, I, I do think I'm not a scholar on this, but I do think King James wasn't the best person. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, like, a little bit of truth, but it's all just to, like, steer you away from the Bible. And in the, it's funny. It's not funny. It's actually it's terrifying. But New Agers, like, people who are into the love and light movement and raising their energy and – you know, no, nothing is bad. Everything is just one love. And if we can just love one another, we're going to heal the planet, right? Um, but that's not what happens. <laughs> and the voice in my head just said, you can trust the Bible. And it was so simple. And it was so clear. And it was out of the blue, <laughs> seemingly. Mm-hmm. And um and it was just like a weird thought for me to have. Yeah. And I remember getting up and just kind of looking around and being really <laughs> perplexed. And then that that propelled me into actually buying a Bible 
And I randomly found Doreen Virtue on the internet at the same time. Wow. And that I'm, is just incredible. And I, you know what she's been up to lately. Doreen Virtue was a former New Ager who made millions yeah. selling tarot cards and uh, talking about angels and so forth. And then she was saved. And so now she's teaching about the dangers and pitfalls of the New Age. And so here I am, like literally in the thick of shamanism and witchcraft like i was becoming a witch and i didn't even know it because that's how deceptive and chic you know being a yogi and activating your kundalini and uh becoming like a mystic it's all very uh no nobody is going to tell you that that's witchcraft unless they're a christian right right <laughs> and they probably don't even know it's witchcraft like Nobody uses that word, actually. So I didn't even know I was falling into witchcraft and sorcery and divination and all this stuff. I I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I thought I knew what I was doing, but I clearly didn't. So, yeah. I just want to uh, go back to that part, too, when you had that that audible voice, because I, I and not to make this about me, but I, I can relate to that re- really well, actually, as it relates to the podcast, because I had been praying about doing this podcast for several months and thinking about it and just asking God if this is what he wanted me to do. And, uh, you know, I, I had thought that this is what he wanted me to do, but I just I wasn't sure. And, you know, so, like I said, several months had passed. And I, there was just one moment. I just, I really, I was having a hard day. I just kind of broke down. And I was praying about it, and I asked God, and I said, "Do you, do you want me to do this this podcast?" And I heard an, an audible voice in my head, and it was not my my voice. Um, it was just a, it was a man's voice. It was very clear, um, and it was not scary at all, which is interesting to me because I, you would think that if I were to have, you know, if I heard a voice, an audible voice, either in my head or outside of my head, that I would would have been afraid in that moment. But I wasn't. It was like it was a completely normal experience, and I just heard the voice say. Um, do, do you want to do it as it relates to the podcast? And that is something that gives me further confirmation as well, that it wasn't me because I would have never answered myself like that. Like I never would have asked myself a question, uh, as a response to my question. Um, so just, I, I just wanted to say that because I can really relate to, to that experience. And I just think it's absolutely incredible that, um, God, I think he knows exactly when to speak to us and he has his perfect timing. Um, and he knows exactly the right way to, to, uh, to, to communicate with us that will give us the, you know, the, the, there will be the best experience for us in that moment. So I just really appreciate you sharing that. And I just think it's awesome that, you know, that, uh, we both have, have had a similar experience as it relates to an audible voice. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of that, like, that is exactly what I needed to hear. I've read the Quran, I've read, you know, I don't even, the Buddha's textbook, I've read all of it except yeah. Bible for 20 years. And so when I started to read the Bible again, I was blown away. I couldn't, I remember <laughs> I'd just be flipping through it and I didn't know, I didn't start anywhere. I would just flip around and I was randomly finding passages about sorcery and div- divination and witchcraft. And I was just being like convicted. And what I was doing, it was like, I was just 
again and again being convicted of my sins, that some of them I didn't even know were sins. And that is exactly what I needed to do. I needed to read the Bible. I just had to open the book. It was, right. yeah, it was so simple. And that's all that God had to do. He didn't, I've seen so much mystic, like supernatural stuff. I've got stories for days, right? Yeah. It really make you question your reality. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, he didn't need to give me like a big spectacle. It was just, you know, this, this small voice in my head. You can trust the Bible. That's all I needed. And then if my life from last year to now is like completely different, I'm a different person now. Yeah. And that kind of speaks to you what the Bible talks about too, which is that you, you'll know a person by their fruit. And it also speaks to what we were talking about before, which is that this is, this is a completely different experience for you than when you were having those, uh, again, the quote healings from the energy healers. This is, it sounds like to me that this is not, so this is not a band-aid. This is not just a cover-up experience. This is something that has completely changed who you are, the way that you view the world, and your really like your spiritual and emotional DNA. Completely. I I am like I am such a Jesus freak now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live to like bask in the Holy Spirit. Um I I talk about Jesus with everyone. I've lost a lot of friends because of that, or people have distanced themselves from me, but I am just so excited to share the good news (laughs) and the gospel with people. And sometimes I have a little bit of imposter syndrome where, you know, the devil will tell me, oh, you haven't been saved long enough. You haven't read the Bible enough times to be able to even be public about the gospel but i know that's just the devil like trying to shut me up and so i keep pushing that away like you know i i can i may not be a theologian you know i might not be a scholar yet however that doesn't mean i can't share my story and hopefully help others who are trapped in the new age see the true light the real light um the light of god and uh I just, I keep just, you know, I've heard other voices as well in my head from God. And one of them is to do missionary work. But my mission is to save new agers because I'm qualified. I'm qualified to help people realize why their beliefs are faulty and why the gospel is true. I do feel like I'm qualified because... Christians who've never been in the new age, they can't even understand the psychology that these people and the spells that these people are under. They can't, they can't get it at all. Right. And, um, and actually, can I read Isaiah 47, eight to you? Please. Cause it kind of falls in line with, with what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, all right. It's, it's, a little long, but I think it'll be good. So yeah. it says, uh, now therefore hear this, you lover of pleasures, who sit securely, who say in your heart, I am, and there is no one beside me. Now I'm going to pause for a second. 
a lot of people in the new age use this mantra, I am, I am. You'll hear it in meditations. And it is this concept that I am like God. Okay, so in verse 8, it says, I am and there is no one beside me. That's what these people are thinking. Even back then, it's still happening today. I shall not sit as a window, as a widow or know the loss of children. These two things shall come to you in a moment. And one day, the loss of children and widowhood shall, call, shall come upon you in full measure, in spite of your many sorceries and the great power of your enchantments. So I mean, no matter how much sorcery and witchcraft you do, you cannot stop these bad things from happening to you. You felt secure in your wickedness. You said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray, just like, you know, Gnosticism. You, and you said in your heart, I am and there is no one beside me, but evil shall come upon you, which you will not know how to charm away. Disaster shall fall upon you, for which you will not be able to atone, and ruin shall come upon you suddenly, of which you know nothing. And I can relate to that. My life became a nightmare. It became shambles. I couldn't recognize my life anymore. I went from having an amazing, amazing life to like in the pit of hell. And it happened quite quick. <laughs> so it's true. And then it continues on in verse 12. Uh, Stand fast in your enchantments and your many sorceries with which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to succeed. Perhaps you may inspire terror. You are wearied with your many counsels. And I think with that verse, like, you know, people who go to horoscopes and psychics and mediums and um, tarot cards and stuff, you know, you're trying to get counsel on your life from all these different avenues, you're, but you become wearied. And then let them stand forth and save you. Those who divide the heavens and who gaze at the stars and who who at the new moons make known what shall come upon you. So those are, you know, horoscope readers and so forth. Right. Behold, they are like stubble. The fire consumes them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. No coal for warming oneself is this. No fire to sit before. Such to you are those with whom you have labored, who have done business with you from your youth. They wander about, each in his own direction. There is no one to save you. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank was, you for I was completely lost. I couldn't save myself. I I towards the end, I was under this the new age uh concept of uh awakening out of the 3d matrix yeah about that uh-huh uh-huh yeah and you know the concept is you know as we awaken our kundalini energy and open our third eye and receive divine revelation as long as every human on earth starts doing this we'll be like little light portals and we're going to heal the planet with our energies and we're going to bring these light codes down from, you know, 
aliens or the heavens or like whatever. Dep- depends on who you talk to because it all kind of o- overlaps, with the, but there's differences, right? Depending on who you're who you're consulting with. Right. Well, and that's the thing with the new age is there's right. no like, there's no new age Bible. It's all exactly taking whatever you feel like, and that's another thing I've had to change. Was in the new age, everything's about feeling and just express yourself, you know, which is why you see a lot of like these new age girls, like super sexy and like feeling their like tantra and whatever and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And since being saved, it's like, no, 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 it's not, nothing is, feelings are so deceptive. Like, yeah. In the Bible, what chat, what verse is it where it says, like, who can trust the heart? It's so deceptive. Yeah, yeah, I think that's in Proverbs. I can't remember the exact the exact verse, but that that's a great one. Yeah, and so I've really had to get out of my feelings this year. I mean, I've felt a lot of feelings, yeah. but I don't make decisions based on feelings anymore. And I, I make decisions based off of, is this, you know, based off the word of God. Yeah, great point. And, and feelings, it, it's kind of like many other things in the new age. There's I, God gave us feelings for a reason. And they're a gift, but the way when you start to take those the, the gifts that God gives us and kind of twist them, like the New Age does, whether whether it relates to uh, feelings or kind of like how you were describing uh, at the beginning of that verse with the I am and meditation, the the New Age is in in the supernatural mysticism is so good at taking something that was meant for good and then just kind of twisting it just a little bit to the left or, or right, and then all of a sudden it becomes a completely different thing, and that's why it's so deceptive because there is some truth there but it's but now that truth has kind of been uh blended together with something that is hurtful and is not true because you know obviously it's a lie so uh it, again i know i've said it a couple of times but it just speaks to how deceptive this stuff is because it, it, it it's one thing if somebody is coming at you and, and dressed like uh you know like a, a devil like wearing the the red uh costume at like halloween has the pitchfork or somebody is dressed up as like a witch at Halloween. And it's very obvious that's, you know, supposed to be evil. That's not good. But when you then incorporate like healing aspects or um, like, you know, like psychics, I think about like psychics that help, you know, solve cr- uh, murder crimes or, you know, find, find a murderer or help, uh, you know, help the police. It, it, it just gets so, so challenging when you're not firmly rooted in what is true. Um, so I just, again, I, I, I don't think that we, we can highlight that enough at how, how difficult it is unless you're really firmly planted in, in the truth that's found in God's word at, at how to decipher all of this. Right. And I mean, that's where like the devil is so sneaky, you know, he masquerades as an angel of light. He, even within Christianity, there's so much deception, even in Bible translations, there's deception. Yeah. And that's why you have to be extremely vigilant. You have to have a good prayer life. You have to read the Bible and try to find the best version, the best English version that will, that you know has been well translated from Hebrew and Greek and has had many people and like do your research before you just buy any old Bible because a lot of them will lead you astray. And like, it's so seductive. Like even Christians are getting led astray with like the Enneagram and 
um, word of faith, prosperity, gospel stuff. Like it's a slippery slope into the new age. And I mean, I can, I can hear it and I pick it up really quick. I, I can hear bad theology very fast, but to someone who maybe isn't trained in new age philosophy and Christianity doesn't know that it's being blended. And so right. we have to be very vigilant and careful. One of the things that I think is interesting as it relates to what we're talking about as being, you know, coming from the new age is that um, it seems like a lot of people that were in the new age when they, when they were in the new age and dabbling in these, these quote healing mod modalities, it seems like their relationships a lot of times weren't, um, there were definitely, a, there was a roller coaster aspect to the relationships. It didn't seem like there was a lot of stability in relationships for people, uh, that are in the new age. And I was one of those people, um, whether that was, you know, romantic relationships or even friendships, I had several people come and go, uh, throughout that period of my life, because I think, I personally think that there, when you're messing around with, uh, what, what we, you know, now know to be demonic, I think it opens up certain doorways into your life that, uh, you don't know that you're opening up at that time and it's creating, uh, it's having these, uh, kind of like, uh, effects that you, that you don't, that you have no idea that they're occurring in your personal life. And it's creating this instability. Um, in a lot of times, again, this, this overlaps with relationships, I think to our career. Um, so can you kind of go into a little bit, have you, I know you haven't been a Christian for a super long time, but even in that, um, time that you have been a Christian, have you noticed a difference there as it relates to like the stability, like with your relationships or how you view relationships? What, what has that been like for you? Um, well, I've dated a few un unsaved people uh -huh. and, um, since being saved. And I found that even though they might say they love God and believe in God, it's not true. They don't know the true God because when push comes to shove, um, they can't hear the gospel. They, they have a spiritual blindness to it. And I, I mean, in the Bible, it says to not be unequally yoked. And so that's something that I'm working on is not dating unbelievers. You know, yeah. I, I only want a Christian man, a man who's going to read the Bible and follow the word of God because men who follow their feelings, like they're, they're a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the minute that they get a bad vibe or whatever, you know, like in life, like God created marriage as a holy sacred union and it's not easy. And so you're going to get sick of your spouse and they might annoy you. And so the Bible actually teaches us how to be a good husband and a good wife into how to make a marriage work and last for a lifetime. And so if both partners aren't actually reading what the, what God says about marriage and how to have a holy union, then you're going to have, if you have one person who's a Christian, you know, a woman, for example, who wants to submit to her husband, but her husband is sinning, you know, and so it's hard to submit to a man who isn't following the word of God because he's not being a leader in the home. 
in a holy way. So it creates a really unbalanced dichotomy um, in the home. And I mean, I had, I dated this one guy and he, you know, he said he wanted to marry me and it felt right and blah, blah, blah. And, but he, he has, he idolizes psychedelics and he wants to open up this spiritual center and use psychedelics as a way to heal people. And I had tried and tried, you know, I like talk about Bible verses and he knew my whole story and it's, and he still like couldn't hear. And so one day he, uh, was wanting me to open a spiritual center with him. He wanted me to be his business partner. And I said, I'm sorry, because he wanted to do yoga at this spiritual center and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I, I can't, like, I, I can't participate. Like, I can't be your business partner. Um, yoga is Hindu, and, like, that goes against my God. And I don't believe in psychedelics anymore. And, and he, he... <laughs> He looked at me and he goes, what? So you just think all Hindus are going to hell? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and not to laugh, that's not funny. Right. But his reaction, what he was flabbergasted. He was floored because he's, he's caught up in the love and light movement where everyone is going to heaven. Okay. And, uh, and we broke up that day. Wow. Because wow. he couldn't handle that I thought that Hindus, you know, they're not they're not the elect for heaven because they're worshiping false idols, which is, you know, one of the Ten Commandments. So anyway, it's relationships has been a struggle. In, at my church, there's no single, there's like one single guy, and I like never even talked to him. Yeah. <laughs> So dating isn't so easy, but I'm figuring out. And I I have complete faith that God will bring me the right person at the right time. And it will be made known to me. And it will, you know, so I'm just waiting and letting God do the work rather than me trying to figure it out. Yeah. And, and I think it speaks back to, to what you were talking about before, which is that, you know, God doesn't always work exactly like the new age, which is that things that we want m might not happen overnight or, 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 or on our timing, but God knows what is, is best for us. And he will, you know, provide as long as we continue to pursue him and his righteousness, he will provide for us the, the right thing at the right time. And, that, and a lot of times that thing that we, that we're looking for, we don't even know. It could be something that we don't even know that we want yet. It could be like in, in this particular example, I've, I've noticed a lot of times, like in whether it's relationships, again, for example, this example in relationships, you can want something maybe today as, as we're speaking, but maybe as you continue to, uh, you know, become more well-versed in the Bible and you have a little more, uh, you have a little bit more time under your belt as a Christian, maybe you can become a little bit more sanctified. And all of a sudden what you want today, you, you no longer like X amount of time down the road, even want, want anymore. And so God as someone who is all knowing has the ability to, to put off that thing that you're wanting right now and give you something better down the road, uh, if you continue to pursue him. And so, um, I think that that 
again, just speaks to what you were talking about, which is that it might not happen in- instantaneously what we're looking for, but God has that perfect timing and has the the right things set out for us at the right time. Yeah. And, you know, being realizing that our goal is to be holy and not to be happy. Right. And 100%. so if we're striving to be holy, then if we're single, then use that as a time to focus more on him, you know, and being okay with that. hundred percent. And uh, that leads to uh, one of my, or, yeah, one of the last questions I was going to ask you, which is, um, you know, what, what would you say to somebody like a skeptic who would look, look at you and say, well, you know, Kelsey, this has been a really fascinating story, but, um, you know, I, I, there's no way that I, I can believe in, in what you're talking about or, or this, this magic stuff. Well, I, I, I think, uh, uh, part of that answer right there and how you could, how I, when I look at your story, how I would respond is that where you're describing here as it relates to relationships, I, I just don't see that as being something or a viewpoint that you would have had before you became a Christian. I, I can't help but think that you probably would not have, uh, you probably would have been more patient with maybe like some of these people that you've been dating or, um, you know, not so hesitant to date them. Um, and I think that it shows a, a real turnaround that would not have happened if you hadn't given your, your life to Jesus and really be- committed to his ways. So um, I think that that is one one piece of evidence right there that what we're talking about right here, uh, it, you know, as it relates to all the, these uh, fantastic things, and these supernatural things, there's something to it because it's, it's presenting itself in a way that has changed again, your, your makeup and, and how you live your life. So that's the kind of how I look at it, but I would love to hear if there's anything else that you would add to somebody who would say that and, and just describing how your experiences, you know, have happened and how they've changed who you are. Yeah. I mean, I actually thought I was going to write a book and release it upon my death about my supernatural experiences with the guru. Um, But once the spell was broken and I was released from his sorcery, um, I was able to communicate what he had done to me and my experiences. And, you know, it's actually cathartic to be able to explain it and not have to just, because I thought when I would publish this book, I would either publish it on my death so I didn't have to deal with any repercussions or... I would publish it as fiction because truth is stranger than fiction. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can relate to that. A lot of the stuff you, you, you could, I have a degree in, in writing a bachelor's degree and yeah, I, I could not have written your story or my story or, or several other people's stories that I've heard. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It's really weird stuff. And and it's, it's such a mind trip to like figure it out, like what's happening and like as more spiritual stuff's happening and then more and more and more. And then, you know, Jesus was the only one that could save me from it. And it is a crazy story and I'm not here to like make people believe me because that is not important for me if you believe some crazy thing that happened to me. But what is important is that you can see how Jesus changed me, right? Like I was going down this path and I've completely turned around and I'm going this way now. 
And so all the sorcery and witchcraft, you know, it exists. There are Satanists out there who are putting curses on neighborhoods every day and they spend a lot of time and ceremony cursing people and doing voodoo and doing it all. And so as a Christian, I really urge all of us to wake up. Like this is spiritual warfare and you can pretend that it's not happening and it's not real, but actually it is real and it is happening and Christians need to wake up and start praying and praying over their communities and walking around their communities, praying for their neighbors, praying for protection from spiritual demonic attacks where they're going to bring, you know, drugs and bad, bad energies into your neighborhood. Like this stuff is real. It's not a game. And Christians need to suit up with the armor of God and they need to get on the war path and start spreading the word and the gospel and stop being like mediocre, lukewarm Christians. Stop. Like this is real. The Lucifer, the devil is prowling around day and night coming after your kids, coming after your spouse like through entertainment, like you go on net. I can't even turn on Netflix now. I have an aversion to it because of all the witchcraft and sorcery, even in the kids channels. Like my kids aren't even allowed in Netflix anymore because it's all witchcraft. It's all witchcraft. It drives me insane. Everything is magic and they make magic seem so glamorous. And it is the opposite of it is going to send you to hell. And it's so serious and people need to wake up. Christians need to hear this stuff because pretending like it's not real isn't doing anyone a service. So I just encourage everyone to wake up, smell the coffee. Witchcraft is real. Sorcery is real. This isn't just happening in Africa somewhere. No, it's happening around the corner at your neighbor's house who's like doing tarot cards and like whatever. Like it's happening everywhere. So that's what I have to say about that. Well, really well said. And do you, do you think then that the, your old guru then has any inclination as to what he's truly dabbling in? Yeah, I think he knows who he is. Mm -hmm. I've asked him a few times, like, where do you get your powers from? And he would never tell me. Mm. So I don't know. He's getting it from some demonic alien type thing. Because I've had an alien experience which you saw in my testimony mm -hmm. um, and aliens are demons, by the way. So let's just, we don't have to go down that road, but mm -hmm. um, he knows what he's doing since I've been saved. He's coming in my dreams and he, because I've blocked him on my phone, which he called me the very next day after that spell was removed. Cause I know he, he, he knew something had happened like, wow. Because there was some kind of like a, a vampire like thing happening and he knew that was gone. So he called me. He he calls me like once a year, maybe. And he called me that next day. Wow. And um, so where was I going with that? Um, repeat the question, please. Yeah, no, you're fine. I was just asking uh, if if you understand if if you think that your guru understands like truly what he's what he's doing. Yeah, so he's been coming into my dreams. He is harassing me in my dreams because I've 
blocked him on my phone. I've cut all communication with him. I want nothing to do with him. I don't even want to hear his voice lest I have some kind of sorcery put on me. Like I just, he's blocked. But because he is a sorcerer, he is coming into my dreams and he's tormenting me. And this happened just last week. I, he was following me around. I kept kicking him out. I took his keys and I threw him like over yonder. And then he, he would just show up again and he got really close to me and he was going to grab me. And I just like, <gasps> woke up out of bed. And this is like, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I, I put on him music and I, I, I have like a, because when you come out of the new age, it's not very easy to get rid of these like portals that you had opened spiritual portals. And so I'm in the process of sanctification right now and, closing these things and removing them. Um, but anyway, so I have Bible verses by my bed for deliverance. And I, I just start reading them out loud because this guru, he's told stories of him, like time traveling. Like he told a story once of him going from New York to Paris to see his kids. And then just like coming back, mm -hmm. like, just moves through time and space. And so sometimes I get, uh, like after a dream like that, I'll have a panic or a fear that it's going to like manifest in my room. But I just, I stay with Jesus. Jesus is, you know, Jesus's name is above every, ever everyone else's name, all the other spirits names, all the other demons names. He is the one who saves me and he saves everyone who's willing and who wants to be saved. And he is pure and he's holy and heaven is so real like it's not in a, a delusion like heaven is real and this world is completely corrupted and i just put all my faith in jesus he protects me from all of it so and i i pray that for everyone else that you can lean in and trust jesus as much as i do beautifully said i was going to ask you like what you would tell somebody that might be in a similar situation as you or was in a similar situation. And I think that that what you said, I don't think there's anything that you, you can add to that. Um, and I guess really my, my last question for you then just to kind of sum up everything is, you know, when you look back in the last, you know, several years of your life and you think about all the experiences that you've had and all the different rocks that you overturned and all the different paths that you took and all the different people that you met and all the different spiritualities that you tried out just, just how crazy is it to you, like after all that time that you are back here, kind of gone, having gone full circle, and now you know the truth as as is found in the Word of God, the Bible that was there the whole time, um, and just how how crazy is that to you after all this all these experiences that you're now a Christian? Is that I mean, is it still like some days you wake up and you're like, I, I can't believe that this is this is all true, like the Bible and and, and Jesus's Word it's pretty wild like i love christian music i don't listen to hard very little other kind of music like i love christian music and yeah. that's so not me before um i it's wild but i you know everything is orchestrated by god and i i think i went through all of that 
all those experiences and all the suffering that happened because of it. Um, well, for one, I was doing it my way. I was using my will, not God's will. And so whenever you do it your way, not God's way, you're going to crash and burn eventually. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, and, but, you know, I think there's a reason for it. And I think it's for me to be able to spread the gospel in a way that a lot of other people can't. I love that. Um, I, and I agree with you because as you said also before that there are people that, you know, might've been Christian for a long period of time, a lot longer than you or I have, but they haven't been through these experiences. Many Christians haven't been through these experiences, and I, and, and I think that one of the best ways that you can reach other people is to have endured many of the things that they have endured as it relates to the new age, or I guess whatever it is that they're going through. And so I hundred percent believe uh, in what you're saying that God has um, a pathway laid out for you. And this is all in his perfect timing. And he knew exactly when, when it was going to, the, the opportunity was going to be the right opportunity uh, for you to, uh, to take in, in uh, spreading his word. And uh, uh, I'm just so thankful that you, after all these years have been able to seize on that opportunity and use, you know, what the enemy meant for, for harm, for good and, um, deliver it in a way that only you can deliver, can, can deliver the message. And, um, no, there are many people out there that have PhDs or whatever, or, or are really well versed in the Bible, but there's somebody out there right now that needs to hear Kelsey's story as only Kelsey can describe it. And you can only meet them where they're at right now because you're, you're, you're so new out of the new age. And I think that if that person were to have heard uh, about Jesus through somebody else, maybe somebody that's been preaching for 30 years, I don't think it would be as, as effective. Um, so I just, I, I really identify with what you're saying and, and I really appreciate your, your, your story. And I'm so thankful for everything that you've, that you've shared with us today. And um, I really, again, am so thankful that you came on the podcast and, and uh, shared your insights and, and your story with, with me and our listeners. I think it's going to be really, really powerful. Well, thanks for having me. And I do pray that this podcast will bless a lot of people. Well, that's the show this week, everybody. Uh, before we go, I just wanted to inform you of Kelsey's website. It's newagerecoveryinchrist.com. There you can find uh, all the things that she's doing to help people that are coming out of the new age. Uh, she has prayer support, deliverance support, and she also does one-on-one -on -one coaching as well for people that are coming out of the new age. Um, a lot of great resources there. She also runs the New Age Dot Recovery Instagram page. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with that. Just on Instagram at New Age Dot Recovery. Also has a Facebook page, New New Age Recovery in Christ. Um, a lot of really good information at both those social media sites. Uh, all things from New Age to Christianity. There, um, I think that if you are having any interest in what we talked about today, or coming out of the New Age and uh, finding Christ and truth, uh, I think you would really appreciate all of the information and the resources that she has over on her social media sites. And if you have your own New Age to Christianity testimony, we would love to share that on the podcast. Uh, so please submit your video testimony or uh, written testimony to spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to have you on the program and uh, share the truth and share your story. Um, additionally, just want to remind you we have a Facebook group. It's just called Spirit Answers. There you can catch sneak peeks of next week's episode, uh, interact with many of the guests that we have on the show, as well as uh, submit prayer requests. We have got a lot of really good prayer support going on over there. 
Uh, so we'd love to have you over there. And uh, just want to remind you as well that uh, I know that there's a lot of people that are asking what they can do to help uh, people that are currently in the New Age movement, what they can do to help them see the truth. Um, if I think sharing a podcast like this would be really beneficial or sharing some of the other shows that we've had. Um, so I just want to remind you, if you know anybody that you think could benefit from this uh, information, this podcast, please share it with them. Um, I think that that would do a lot to kind of give them something to think about, a, a new vantage point to kind of think about what it is that they're doing and uh, hopefully plant a seed. Lastly, maybe you're the person that is still kind of on the fence of the, with this whole God thing. And if that's you, um, I would ask you to ask God to reveal himself to you in a personal way, in a way that would make sense to you. Um, and I would also ask you to do one other thing, ask him to guide and direct your steps. I think that you'll find that um, as you do those two things, you'll kind of start to be able to connect the dots. And I think that, uh, you know, if I had to put money on it, that God will show himself to you in a way that is, uh, like I said, personal and special to you. And uh, I would ask that you do this for over a period of time and to not give up. And uh, I truly think that you're going to have some great results with that. I know that he loves you and he wants to be in your life. And uh, there really is nothing like having a relationship with the creator of the physical and the spiritual uh, with you at all times. So um, I just want to thank you again for, for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate your time. And uh, I really appreciate all that you do to support the podcast. And I hope that you have a great week. I will see you next week on Spirit Answers Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.